amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, um, liberation, and empowerment. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and we are here to help you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting your world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey there are several ways you can do so because um, we're live if you'd like to call you can there's a number that you can call it is um, three three excuse me I don't know what's going on three four seven two three seven five two three zero that is the number that you can call uh, to get your thoughts on the air live if you like to do so also uh, visit on Visit us on all of our social media. I'm having a hard time talking this morning. I thought I, I had my coffee up, so y'all just excuse me. <laughs> Visit us on all our social media. On Facebook, we are on Facebook at Zero Network, Pastor Neil Zero Network. Go there. You can check out archive shows all the way back to 2010. Also, on Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter. The show handle is at Zero Radio, at Z-E-R-A Radio. My personal handle is at Lorenzo T. Neal. Uh, we're there. Go to my website, LorenzoTNeal.com. Read some articles. I've you know, whatever I got up there today, I I, I need to update that. Uh, and I, I keep saying that we're going to expand and do all this stuff. And we have been. We, we do have a YouTube channel, the Zero Today uh, YouTube channel. Go there. Um, listen to the channel. Watch the channel. Like the channel. Subscribe and follow. Hit that bell for notifications when I post up. Again, uh, what else? Oh, we did roll out a new podcast. The podcast is uh, titled Be Your Differentiated Self. It is available on all your podcast outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Spotify, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, it should be available. So we appreciate your support and all that we've been doing and all that we plan to do in the upcoming future. It's your help that helps us do so. So support us in all you can do, all we do. do that by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal, PayPal, Lorenzo Neal. However you want to do it, we appreciate your support. Share this uh, broadcast with your friends on all your social media and help us to empower the world around us. Um, so today we're going to be talking about celebrity influence on black identity and um, I there was a comment by Alicia Keys, well, not a comment, uh, a video post by Alicia Keys that I felt as sincere as it was and as beautiful as it was, 
it's going to be uh, hurtful to uh, black men in the long run, black ch- black male children in the long run. So y'all bear with me on that. Uh, but I, I want to get into some of the news of the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't get off this Kanye thing. Kanye, for the last 10 months, 11 months now, he, he's been doing this Sunday service. And um, his album just dropped last month. Too much success, as expected. Of course, you know, he, he's been leading up to this album drop for months. And uh, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I do really think this album is a great album. Um, the infusion of both gospel and hip hop is is nothing new. It's just Kanye. You know, Kanye is very unique in his approach to all that he does. And um, we can't tell if it was a marketing scheme or if it's a sincere faith or you know whatever it may be. Only Kanye has had the gall to be able to pull it off. And you gotta admire him for that. And I've listened to the album, um, and I, you know, I'm not a music critic. I could be because you know I did it. I studied music. I was a band director. I, you know, I understand. I learned how to do the recording arts, so I can, you know, I can listen critically if I really wanted to. I just, eh, yeah, I leave it to the young folk. <laughs> I leave, I leave it to the music critics. You know, I, 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 yeah, whatever. Moving right along. <laughs> um, so Kanye has been doing this Sunday service, and uh, within the last uh, several months, he's it's become itinerant. He's been traveling with it. He first uh, made the first public one, I believe, uh, in the summer, in the late summer, when he was at um, the Campbell's Church there in California, and it, again it was. Somewhat of a entertainment uh, invitation only. It was just a concert, and then um, no, I, I'm, I'm mistaken. That's where the first church that it was in. Uh, the first, the first time it traveled was to the Coachella Festival, where he did the sunrise service on Easter morning, and I likened that to the old-fashioned sunrise service we used to do in black churches across the across the the board back in the day. I don't know too many that do it now, but uh, so that's what I likened it to. And he's been traveling with this and or he's been to New Birth Church in Atlanta where Dr. Jamal Bryant is the pastor. And that was a massive engagement with that church, but it also had some some uh, fallout since then, uh, as Dr. Bryant has uh, denounced publicly denounced Kanye's affinity towards uh, uh, President Trump and um, um, conservative values, whatever you want to put it. Uh, matter of fact, uh, um, not only has he publicly denounced him, um, he he's on record as, in a sermon just recently. Uh, condemning his views in so many words. Uh, I, I know condemning is kind of like a hard, hard word, but they got this kind of like a little beef that's going on. And maybe that's not even the right term to use, but it's just interesting because uh, while uh, Dr. Bryan welcomed Kanye into the Sunday service, you saw what happened following that. You saw T.I. and and um, Killer Mike on. Ti's podcast talked about the 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 giving issue, you know, the money issue, the tithing issue, all that stuff, the offering issue. And then you uh, later saw where uh, it was reported that Dr. Bryant, um, the gift that was given to the church, he uh, either returned it or used it for, or gave it away, something like that. I, I can't. Um, this is more speculative. You can go and research exactly what it was because I'm going off the whim right now. And this has led up to uh, the following week, I believe, when they performed, Kanye and his choir performed somewhere. He talked about uh, President Trump and blacks and all of that. It, I'm, I'm saying all of that to say that this, this schism 
that is occurring is largely one of political ideation more uh, more than uh, religious congruency. And so it's, they may be on the same page as far as the influence of Kanye and his music in bringing into uh, bringing new people into the realm of black gospel church experience. A black church gospel experience. They may have some congruency there, but outside of that, there's that dissonance of uh, political ideation. Now, this is my take on it. This is just me. Uh, blacks have never been a monolithic per- group. We are not a monolithic group politically, socially, economically, uh, yet we are always categorized into that. Uh, so when you think of uh, a black person, you you usually think of the hood, uh, you get these characters, you know, and these avatars that we create to represent all blackness, and it does us a disservice when we take and regurgitate regurgitate that into our own community, therefore reinforcing the imagery that a lot of uh, non-blacks have about us. And, you know, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it because uh, we we buy into it to a degree, either because we knew somebody like that, <laughs> that character, you know. Uh, I was on Facebook the other day. There was a question that was asked. And this has nothing to do, but there was a question asked. Uh, name a common name, uh, nickname in the hood. <laughs> and, you know, y'all can imagine some were uh, not just Tyrone, but Red, my nickname, Pee Wee, uh, you know, you had these these common nicknames across the board. It didn't matter where you go, where you came from, in some black, a majority black urban setting, you're gonna find certain nicknames. That's just the way it is. But uh, the, the idea of monolithic ideation of black people is disconcerting. And, and anyway, <laughs> I, I said all that to say that. This week, it was announced that Kanye will be performing at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church uh, in Houston. And, of course, if you're familiar with Joel Osteen, you're familiar with his brand. Uh, it's not too churchy, so it's it's uh, it's just enough. It's just okay. Like Y'all see those commercials where it says just okay? So his church is just okay. You're not going to get too much of anything. Um, it, it is kind of multi-ethnic in the sense that there are people of various races, various ethnic backgrounds, and various religious backgrounds who come to hear positive messages. And at the end, hear that Jesus loved them and they can give their life to him. And that's it's basically preaching light. It's church light, right? So Kanye uh, is going to be performing there, and it's been reported by certain outlets, and I don't know how true this is, and I I cannot validate it, but I'm just saying this is reported that uh, it's costing upwards to $300,000 to bring uh, the Sunday service experience to Lakewood Church. And uh, as you know, Lakewood, uh, Pastor Osteen has been under fire recently largely because of the hurricane a couple of years ago, and it was reported that he did not open the doors of his church to the many who were trying to find shelter. Uh, Some of that reporting was true. Some of it was not. But he caught a lot of flack for that, and uh, he's trying to make up for that. And it's also uh, Pastor Osteen really – has stated publicly he's not a gospel preacher. He just wants to present a positive message. So some people have uh, characterized him as not a preacher at all. You know, um, now I grew up listening to his father. I had some of his father's books. I even went to the old Lakewood Church back in the day, in the early '90s. I had opportunity to go to the old Lakewood Church, which is now the What's the name? Uh, Dr. Ivy Hilliard. I believe they purchased that property when Lakewood moved into that uh, huge coliseum that they're in. But anyway, uh, New Light, I think that's the name of his church. Anyway, uh, 
So I had the opportunity to go to Lakewood. I listened to his father before his father passed. I was enamored with the message of hope and positive uh, messages that his father shared, um, all of that. So now that Osteen has taken up that mantle, he's broadened it. And, of course, he's become very wealthy, very wealthy because of that. And all of this is is saying to me that this is just an opportunity for greater exposure to Kanye, to Osteen. You're blending two uh, celebrities because uh, Osteen is a celebrity in his own right. He is an A-list celebrity, I suppose. Um, maybe he doesn't consider himself, but on my book, he's an A-list. You know, he's a best-selling author. He has sold out tours. And yes, I said tours because he does tour. He tours like a celebrity. Uh, not only that, but he has weekly messages that are broadcast around the world. So people see his face and it's instantly recognizable, and that is what I determined to be a celebrity. That's just my very, very meager definition of what a celebrity is. <laughs> and, and, and these two persons, Kanye and Osteen, are coming together, and I don't know if it would be doing a worship service or if it's a separate event uh, as it was at New Birth. It was supposed to be separate event um and uh, any other place has been it's been a separate event now i watched the album drop video and as as far as i know this is the only video that was allowed to be uh put out on social media so you can see the whole thing that was uh taped and recorded or performed in the forum in los angeles so you have these two very influential people who are coming together, and you have a lot of people guessing, wondering what what in the world. Now we don't know where Joel Osteen, at least at least I don't know what Joel Osteen is politically. I, he doesn't speak on that at all, so uh, we don't know his political affili- affiliation. At least I don't. If you do, wonderful. You can share that if you know it. I love to. I love to know it. But it's just going to be interesting how this pans out, this interaction, you know, and what what will come of it. Because for for me, the longer, the more Kanye becomes mainstream within uh, Christendom, and the more, and I, I already know there gonna be a lot more black pastors trying to attract Kanye to their church. Because the reality is, he's a celebrity. Get the celebrities to the church. More people come, and all those people come. Not all will stay, but I guarantee a whole lot more will stay just because Kanye came here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's crazy to think like that, but that's just the way it is. But anyway, Kanye is—he's doing whatever he's doing, however he's doing it. For only reason he knows. Um, uh, I think it's Erica Campbell, one of the Mary Mary girls, says that in a recent uh, post said that his faith is very authentic. And of course, I won't question his faith at all. I, I dare not do that. I, I dare not question where his faith is authentic or not. What I do question is uh, is motive. You know, we we know leading up to this moment that. He was making an album, and we know he has a history of staging things surrounding an album drop. And now that the album has dropped, the question is, what will become of this movie? Maybe the world, maybe it's not. That ain't for me to tell. I I don't know. What I what I do know is that whatever he's doing is working for him. It is working for him. He has Billboard. Uh, Top album across different uh, genres, and people seem to be getting inspired by his music. And I've heard some 
even some non-believers um, who speak highly of the album, the music, and sometimes the lyric, even if they don't believe in it, but they, they understand it. And, you know, like I said, I like it. It's good listening music to me. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to close out this section with a song <laughs> from the album because I like this song. But um, I can do that. That's me. I, it's my show. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, the, re- the reality is um, this is changing. This is really changing how uh, modern American is, is seeing gospel music, and we have to be proud of that because that is our creation as people. And because it is our creation as people, we ought to uh, be glad that people are appreciating it. People are appreciating it. And for me, that's that's good. Um, Doggone it, I thought I had it up here. Um, We're going to take a break. When I come back back from the break, we're going to talk about the... Uh, Alicia Keys little post on social media and um, we're going to talk about black celebrity influence on black identity not just black identity but more specifically black male identity black male uh, emasculation and uh, uh, black male gender nonconformity what happens when men, black men in particular, no longer conform to what is expected of what has been um, culturally expected of them? Let me put it that way. So we're going to take this break and um, pull up this clip. Of, I know it's on here somewhere. But anyway, here we go. Um We'll be right back after this. And most of all, we've come to sing till the power of the Lord come down. I don't know about you, but I could use some power. I can use some power on my job. I can use some power in my attitude. Some godly power. Tell somebody I want to sing tonight till the power of the Lord comes down. You're listening to Zira Today with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. So if you're not aware, I am a very, very curious person. I'm always trying to learn new things. And um, so I recently learned about Skillshare, and it's opened up so many doors for me on learning how to be a better creative person. I've learned, I've taken classes on uh, creative writing, on my podcasting, on my YouTube videos, all of that. It has come in handy, and I would strongly recommend you, if you are trying to improve on any skill that you have, and you want to go from being a hobby to uh, make it a pro, <laughs> I, I, I want to invite you to go to Skillshare.com. Uh, Skillshare.com is where you can go to learn all kinds of things. They have workshops on everything that you can imagine, photography, videography, uh, writing, anything that you can think of, you can find it on Skillshare. So, And I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to really love it. It's, it's worth 
every single moment, every single class, and you'll you'll love it. You'll great greatly enjoy it. Go check it out. Skillshare.com slash zero today radio. At Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything, even mermuts. And we covered it, February 3rd, 2016. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Have you had issues with your credit and you've been wanting to know what you can do to make it better, make it higher, get better stuff, get more stuff? Well, we have an answer for you. Evidence Credit Evolution. That is the answer that we have for you. Evidence Credit Evolution offers you real credit repair that's quick and secure. There's no subscription affiliated with it. You only pay when negative items are removed from your report after joining. There's a one-time fee for lifetime enrollment and $25 for every item deleted. Learn more by visiting myfes.net slash emcovery. That's myfes.net slash emcovery. Or give her a call at 662-372-2125. That's Evelyn's Credit Evolution. You'll be glad that you did. You're listening to Zira Today with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. All right, welcome back to the show again. This is Dr. Lorenzo Neal. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you would like to be, this is broadcast live, so you have an opportunity to share your thoughts, your insight, your commentary, your six two cents, four six 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 a dollar. All for the comments, stand up and holler. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, Call 347-237-5230. That's the number you can call. If you'd like to send me an email, send it at info.zme at gmail.com. Again, that's info.zme at gmail.com, and we'll um, follow it up with that if you'd like to. Again, we're on social media, Facebook, Zero Network, go there. Uh, If you listen up to the archives of the show, share comments, all of that stuff. We appreciate it so much. So let's get into the topic of the day. And I don't have a lot of time, but I, I really wanted to – well, I do have a lot of time, but, you know, I'm talking about as far as the broadcast. You know, I'm slow. Y'all y'all know I'm special. You really didn't know. I'm special. I'm very special. <laughs> no. Uh, so let's let's talk about this, black celebrity influence on black identity. And I, I thought about this as I watched the social media post by Alicia Keys regarding her son Genesis, who's four years old, handsome little guy. Um, and apparently she has gotten to uh, the habit of bringing him to the nail salon with her, I, I guess. That, and I can understand that, you know. I wish I could have tagged along with my mom certain places. <laughs> I didn't have that opportunity. Now, let me, with my grandmother. Now, I did go shopping with my grandmother. I was the only kid of all of her children. Uh, well, I won't say all her children. I, I like going shopping with her, and I was the best dressed of all my brothers, all of my siblings. I was the best dressed. I always was. And, you know, I would go, and she'd pick out a dress or a hat. I went shopping with her for hats I don't know how many times. Boy, my grandmother, the Lord rest her soul, loved hats. She she wore them. And I'll tell you, I'm like, man, whoo, that look good on you, mama. Yeah. I'd be like, sure. God, that look good on you, Shad. Go ahead. And I, I just, you know, so I, I didn't mind going at uh, uh, shopping. Um, there was one time when I was married, my ex-wife and, and I actually went and got a pedicure, I mean, a, a manicure together. That was my first time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, was, I didn't know what a, 
uh, manicure consisted of. And so we go, and I'm thinking they're going to paint my nails, and I'm going to be looking all, you know, I was going to be looking how I was looking. But it turned out to be a pleasurable experience, and, and I actually purchased a kit to uh, care for my nails, you know, and I understood that it was better to care for, for your nails because at the time the occupation I was doing required me to do a lot of lifting and nails, you know, get dirty and stuff. And uh, I've never been um, a metrosexual kind of male. Uh, I'm conservative as you can get. I'm coming out of my shell a little bit, though. I'm coming out a little bit. Shoot, I just bought my first pair of white sneakers and I don't know how long. <laughs> I'm coming out, um, and so so I can understand this bonding that they may share uh, going to this place. I don't know if she has daughters. I don't, I don't really know about Alicia Keys other than her music and uh, whatever is reported on her. I know some folk called her a home wrecker. That, that, that's outside of my that's outside my pay grade to talk about. But so she brings her son with her to the nail salon and again it, it can be implied that this is a regular thing for them and maybe bonding moments for them and apparently he does get his nails painted uh i don't know about that but he does get his nails painted and uh at this particular experience after this particular experience uh Alicia felt that she needed to get onto social media and talk about this particular experience. So I'm going to play the clip that she uh, put on social media. It's about two two minutes, 30 seconds. Um, and then I'm going to come back and get my commentary on it. So here it is. Today I went to the nail salon with Genesis. He's in the chair and he's like, I want rainbow. So he tells the lady that he wants rainbow colors on his, on his nails. And she brings all of these colors and she paints each nail a different color. And after he painted his nails, he looked at me and said, Mommy, I don't want this on my nails. And I was like, why? You were so sure you're good. And he was like, people are not going to like it. Can you believe this? Four years old. He's four. And he already understands the concept that someone's going to judge him because he chose rainbow color on his nails. And I told him, why? No Okay, so the first thing she says is that he was adamant about what he wanted, okay, that he wanted this rainbow, and I'm not sure, I, I guess the way they were painting the nails, each nail was a different color, I, I don't know, but he he quickly realizes societal processes uh, when it comes to the idea of what is expected of him as a boy. And he quickly says that nobody would like it. Now, this is a four-year-old child. And they're processing things differently than adults. So in his mind, I don't know if he was talking about the girls wouldn't like it or the boys wouldn't like it or the adults around him would not like it. It's very hard to 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 try to discern what he was talking about but what is clear is the fact that um, he was aware there was something uh, unusual about it and and she tries to reassure him that he's crazy let's see if Today I uh, want to okay I had to start the whole clip over my bad he's in the chair and he's like I want yeah, yeah 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 I can't fast forward so with the lady and do it again rainbow colors on his I won't interrupt this time. All of these colors, and she paints each nail a different color. And after he painted his nails, he looked at me and said, Mommy, I don't want this on my nails. And I was like, Why? You were so sure you're good. And he was like, People are not going to like it. Can you believe this? Four years old. He's four. And he already understands the concept that someone's going to judge him because he chose rainbow color on his nails. And I told him, why? Nobody's going to judge it. They're going to love it. It's so cool. Like, look how creative you are. Look how amazing you had this idea. Stick with it. You chose it. You liked it. You do it. Who cares what anybody else says? And so I said, plus, you know, a lot of guys paint their nails. This is not like some strange thing that you only do. He was like, really? I was like, yeah. So many, so many. 
and that made him feel better. But it just got me to thinking how completely judged we are all the time. The way I see it is that there is masculine and there's feminine energies inside of us all, you know, and that's period. That's just how it is. And it gets concerning to me that we can't just explore these different sides of ourselves, you know, these different energies that are within us. And even for me myself, you know, I oftentimes express the masculine energy that's inside of me. And it's very natural to me. That's how I feel. And all the time, if that happens, there's the judgments and there's the stereotypes and all these judgments and all these rules and stereotypes and, and vibes. And it's, it's really frustrating to me. I'm actually really, really frustrated about it. And I, I ask myself, why is that? Like, why can't we just express the different energies that are inside us? You know, this is a very normal, ancient, powerful, spiritual understanding that we all have masculine and feminine energies and we should be able to explore and express them however we want to. What do you think? That was my rant. Major rant. Okay. So, uh, l- let me be honest with you. I, I, I truly understand the sentiment behind what she said. Um, and he's at an age, her son Genesis is at an age in human development where when he's introduced to issues like this, gender nonconformity, gender fluidity, uh, all of that uh, sexual stuff. Uh, and when I say sexual stuff, I'm talking with regards to roles. Uh, gender roles, conformity, nonconformity, and all of that. As he's introduced to this early on, by the time he gets to uh, the age of development of puberty, it's going to be really tough for him. And, and I'm speaking this from a psychological perspective, as a, as a therapist. You know, he's going to be. It's going to be very hard for him to to discern where his role is. But then again, it may not be. As hard because this is being pushed in our society, in Western society now, in, in the stricter Eastern and and uh, African cultures and societies, it is very very clear about gender roles uh, and all of that. You know, gender identity. Uh, they're still having these fighting those issues in Africa, in Uganda, Nigeria, uh, Ghana, all over the continent. They're really wrestling with this idea and of course when you get into uh the arabic countries and probably or the middle eastern countries they're still also wrestling with that and here in the western world both uh, in europe in in some parts of europe not all but in some parts of europe and here in the states and canada we're seeing this embrace of the idea that the idea of uh, gender nonconformity and gender fluidity. We can be what we want to be when we want to be it as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. And while I, I respect all of that, I, I think in the, in the long term, it actually is harmful more for black males than any other uh, group. Um, largely because I, I grew up in an age where when, in the time when they were saying black men were extinct, when ex, uh, not extinct, but should be on uh, uh, the ex- endangered list. You know, we were an endangered species, and and they were saying that we were in danger because of the years of oppression and the years of emasculation first brought on. Through colonization, uh, well, not colonization, but the enslavement of our ancestors in the 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, um, the 400 years here in the states and uh, and in Europe that bringing us from our land, the diaspora 
the African diaspora has been greatly traumatized, particularly the men. And here in the States, it was worse because in many places, not all over the place, but in many places, the black male was seen only as a tool to make more black males or more black children. And uh, we were uh, we were de- we became desensitized to our role during that time, and that kind of in in so many ways was embedded into our gen- genetic identity. So now that becomes a practice. So we applaud and celebrate the player, and we we disregard uh, the 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 real the the man who takes care, you know. So, so ladies will have an affinity towards the thug who will do them wrong instead of the good man who will take care of them. And, and that's way off topic, <laughs> but that's just part of the overall uh, thrust uh, of this argument that she's presenting. And she talks about how she goes – she's in tune with her masculine side. And let me put this – she talks about the, the – the masculine and feminine energy, and you got to understand this construct is largely from Eastern philosophy. Uh, a lot of it comes from uh, uh, a branch of Hinduism. And um, when you talk about um, uh, a Vishnuian kind of perspective of masculine and feminine, and you can also find it also in the Yin Yang. Uh, and they talk about certain in certain elements, the right side, the left side, the body res- responsibly, respectfully, or uh, tangibly, however you want to use it, respect one energy over the other. So masculine energy can be on one side and feminine energy on the other side. And, and these you know, should be able to be fluid within them at moments. And that is true. That's, that's true because all of us in moments uh, go between that. We, uh, for males, when we become emotionally vulnerable we are in and i guess you could say that feminine energy because we're conditioned to not be emotionally vulnerable to be tough to be strong and you know never show your emotion and it's, it and so when we do that uh we do become in touch with our our feminine side particularly uh, i don't really see it as feminine side the ability to care for humanity is a a, a general trait in all of us but uh it's been taught and conditioned to be suppressed in the male, particularly the black male. So that that's one thing. And you know, as people will hear her say she flows within her masculine, a lot of people will probably think, oh, she, you know, she she get her lesbian on. <laughs> I, y'all, I, I'm just saying that's how probably some people would think about it. You know, masculine energy. She comes across, but I, I said she probably was just, you know talking about being a tomboy so i like being rough and you know playing rough games and all this stuff. I, that's how i'm interpreting it and if i'm off y'all can share it in the comments or however you want to um this is just me i'm not uh not sexualizing it i think you know when she first came out she had the tomboyish look and and and, and here's a here's here's the thing i think about the artists the music artists of the the 70s and the 80s were intentionally androgynous. You you were you know the big musical acts were intentionally androgynous. The men wore makeup for crying out loud. <laughs> you know all these big rock bands from the late seventies and eighty early eighties, they had the big hair, they had the makeup on, they wore the the costumes that were androgynous, so you couldn't determine. Even Earth Wind and Fire, my favorite group of all time. Some of the stuff that they wore, I was questioning, what were you thinking? <laughs> but, you know, that was, the, that was the dynamic of the time. And I think some of that has um, kind of still is uh, present in our society today uh, to a gross, grossly mistaken um, dynamic so that people are – are, are recognizing it but not completely understanding it and therefore pushing something that is very damaging. There's an article that I read by the Harvard Business Review uh, that was posted uh, about a year ago, and the article talks about uh, gender, masculine clothing, and, and the idea that there are men who 
want to change how they look. Not well, not change. They don't wish to conform conform to the standard ideation of um, uh, the male dress. And so, what they do is they dress conservative, like myself. You know, we stick to. If you're a real conservative, you stick to three colors in your suits: black, blue, and gray. <laughs> and yeah, you, you have those shades that you can work with. But that's the standard: black, blue, gray. <laughs> and if you want a color, you want to express color, use your tie or your socks. Well, I take that back. Even the I was even taught, you know, keep the socks basic: <laughs> black, <laughs> dark. But but uh, the article, the article. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, ben Barry from August of 2017. So it's a recent article. Uh, talks about what happens when men don't conform conform to masculine clothing and works. He did a research, a study, and came up with this this group of men who uh, share. Very similar masculine qualities, but have a sense of nonconformity when it comes to dress. So, during the day, because of their profession, they have to dress conservatively. But in the evening, when they go out, they can be a little less reserved with their clothing. And, and you know, uh, it's uh, this is actually word that they say it's called fantabulous. Uh, this is the actual word. Uh, you can go to the article again. It's in uh, the Harvard Business Review. Um, and <laughs> I'm just laughing at this word, fantabulous. Fabulousness. I'm sorry. Not fantabulous. Fabulousness. Uh, <laughs> this is what the scholars are calling this dress uh, when men are no longer uh, nonconforming. But when I think about black men in particular, the idea of Gender nonconformity, the idea of gender fluidity, the idea of uh, black male emasculation is nothing new when it comes to black men. Again, as I said, this has been in continuity for centuries. However, it seems to be actually accomplishing what it's trying to do in this day and age. Um, because here, here's here's the thing. When we Think about gender nonconformity uh, and all of that, all, all the stuff that comes with that particular segment of the community in the black world. We just think about gays, so you know we can't. Most of us can't even differentiate the the, the letters between that community, the LBGTQIA, etc. Uh, we can't di- differentiate it, and that's just the truth. The average black person, um, older. Generation, probably some not. I'm not speaking in general generalities, so please uh, don't take this as literal. I'm speaking in generalities, but most can't differentiate it. And when it comes to um, you know the black identity, it's not really that that that's the problem. The problem is that. We are lacking in the critical conditioning of black men when it comes to the identity and the narrative that accompanies that identity. And for some black men, for myself, those of us who uh, were born in, uh, we're Gen Xers, so we're born between 65 and 80, I believe. We got this black identity uh, with Shaft. Uh, with the pimps, and then later on uh, in the late 80s, 90s with the rappers and with the gangsters, the bloods, the crips, etc. So we got this idea of masculinity based from that. We didn't have a, a secure identity of what black men should be. And we we did have the professional imagery also, you know. We still had, matter of fact, we were the generation that saw the majority of today's black leadership coming of age. So we were the generation that saw the black, uh, the resurgence of black leadership politically, educationally, um, community-wide. Uh, we saw that. And 
for for a lot of us, that was our imitation. That was what we had to to look at. But those men were flawed because, again, for many of them, they were covering up for who they really wanted to be, and they weren't able to do that. And and you know, some of those men that we thought were the most uh, masculine are now <laughs> not as masculine as we thought. <laughs> and 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 so the question of uh, this identity and this role has been coming a long time and it's just that because we're no longer seeing this conditioning within contemporary culture when you have guys like Billy Porter who can show up at at a major awards show dressed in a full out gown tuxedo gown and be praised be praised by other persons when you have other celebrities like Young Jock, who can wear a dress and have, a <laughs> I saw some pictures of Young Jock, and I'm not knocking. I'm just saying this, these are influencers in the black community. And the Lord bless his heart, Cam Newton. Cam Newton may be a phenomenal football player. He may be the son of a minister and all of that. I think he's the son of a preacher. I'm not sure. I may be mistaken about that. Uh, but anyway, this guy has a, is a nonconformist when it comes to fashion. That's for certain. And so it goes back to the – think about Prince. The Lord rest his soul. Prince, uh, for the longest, was uh, androgynous. And you couldn't tell whether he liked men or women. You, you really couldn't tell, even though, you know, he had a plethora of women on the side. He was married and – but that dude wore those heels, and he wore those heels. It later came to his demise, led to his demise. But that identity, the the um, androgynous identity, pushed him. But then you get to the other side where you had the gangster rap and the identity that the male's supposed to be tough. You had Thug Life with Tupac. You had Eazy-E, N.W.A., and, you know, Easy A, he rests now, but the idea that the player is the, the bigger man. And so now the resolution is, has yet to be seen as to what will become of this. And and when I when I think about the celebrity influence, um, and, and I, I can talk about Kanye too, because Kanye's early attempt into fashion, if you go back into uh, the early – 2010s, you see, as he explored his fashion brand, uh, there was this sense of androgyny for male and female. I mean, you didn't know what <laughs> you didn't know what it was for, uh, who it was for, and you know, it made him a lot of money. Um, this influence, uh, uh, coupled with much of the disruption in the black community. Uh, as we have known it to be, the stabilizing forces and undergarnering uh, of the black community uh, as it's becoming disruptive. That goes from the church to the political system to the educational system. The more disruptive it is, the, the more we see um, this identity crisis. And let me put it from a family sister's perspective before I run out of time here. So um, my research involves a family system's approach to life ministry um, based off Murray Bowen's family systems theory. And um, he had eight concepts in his theory and one of the con- two of the concepts I'm going to talk about real quick. Uh, the first one, differentiation self. That's what I did my doctoral research on, and that's what I based my counseling and coaching on, uh, the podcast and uh, upcoming book that I'm working hard on. So y'all pray for it, brother, because I got to get this book done. <laughs> uh, but one of the eight concepts in the last concept, actually, is called society, societal emotional processing. And this concept is basically idea that um, uh, the emotional system governs behavior not just on a family of origin level but also on a societal level and that uh, 
when a society is progressive or regressive that we see uh, we see the change in the emotional processing. And by emotional processing, that means how we engage each other emotionally, both in, inside the family union within the construct of an organization or a group of people. And uh, what Bowen posited was that the more regressive a society becomes, which I believe we're in the age of nostalgic regression because we are trying to get back to something. We don't really know what it is, but we just know we were fun or whatever it was. And that goes from the conservative insurgents that we're seeing under President Trump to all kinds of, particularly in the entertainment industry, the resurgence of movies from our childhood, the other's childhood, remakes of such, uh, just to get that sense of nostalgia because we liked it, we connected with it, and so we regress back to that. And we're in that, from my perspective, we're in that age of nostalgic regression. But Bowen posits that uh, anytime we are in a moment of regression, it becomes more difficult um, for families to deal with issues and uh, not just families of origin, but also communities to deal with issues because um, the anxiety is driven higher when in, in regression, in times of regression than it is when times of progression. When when society is progressing forward uh, and you think about in the times of war, when America burst onto the scene, uh, at the national, the international scene, those were during times of war particularly World War I, World War II, and post-World War I, post-World War II, we saw a lot of progression, and we saw the family unit reflect that, regard, and, and so forth and all. And as we regress back, as we're regressing, we're seeing a higher sense of anxiety, and that anxiety is being uh, uh, articulated, is being acted out in very negative, damaging ways. And... Um, our, our age is unable to uh, function at its fullest because the anxiety is driven by this regression. It's causing us to be um, out of pocket, if I could use that word. So that – I said a lot in that. I hope you all get it. I said a lot. But the th- the thing about it is, is that when it comes to the black male, we do have – a high number of black men incarcerated, which means that those men incarcerated for long periods of time, those men aren't making children. We do have a high sense, uh, a higher, or it does appear to be a higher number of black men identifying as um, non-traditional gender roles, uh, homosexual, uh, transgender, all of that. And they're not producing children. Not that they can't, uh, but you know, if they have processes of stuff like that, they're less likely to do so. And we also have a, a very significant number, and I wish I had the research in front of me, but I don't. Um, a number of men who, when it comes to relationship, are in emotional crisis, and I can identify that because I was in that space not long ago where we are not pursuing marriage. We're delaying marriage for whatever reason, uh, and if we are engaged in relationships, we're producing children outside of the marital relationship which is, again, it's nothing new. This has been going on for generations. However, the, the dissonance is greater negatively affecting us as, as a population. And because it's negatively affecting us, our children are growing up in this construct where uh, the masculine is being replaced by the feminine. And, and, and again, this has been going on because there are a lot of black men who were raised by single mothers and uh, you know, they they straight in both senses of the word. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, when it comes to the community care, uh, uh, the community perspective of, of how when we used to say it takes a village, 
where the lack of that village uh, is really disproportionately affecting black young boys because we're seeing increased aggression, increased angst, and they are not equipped to engage that uh, that anxiety and anxiety. I'm using this word within the construct of uh, you know psychological construct. Uh, not that they may be having anxious you know uh, anxious issues, but the fact that they are uncertain about their identity, their role, and questions about what they should be doing, who say who they should be, what they all of that stuff is impacting how they engage one another. And unfortunately, for the last generation or so. Uh, just two generations, uh, maybe. Um, it has been negative in the fact of you know the black on black homicide rate continues to increase, um, and the idea uh, and black suicide men and boys is increasing. These are issues that we have to to deal with. These are issues that we must be able to articulate. And as a pastor and as a counselor and all of that, I I understand. It's taboo. It's very difficult to engage uh, in this day and age because, you know, we don't want to offend everybody, anybody for that matter. But the reality is if if we don't engage, we're going to see a greater uh, distance and we'll see greater infractions like some people will view what Alicia Keys said and what she did as an infraction on black male identity. And, you know, it may well be. But again, who knows how he'll turn out? He's only four. But for for many uh, young boys, a lot of them don't even have, you know, the the care like that. So, yeah, they may be raised by mothers, the feminine, um, and and they may be able to function in both energies. I don't know, and I'm not going to espouse that at all. But what I do know is that we're experiencing a crisis with our identity as black men. And we, we've got to, uh, with concerted effort, determine what that is. I don't have, I don't have an idea, or a solid idea of what that is. I, I have a construct, but that construct was presented to me, and it was flawed. And, you know, we have to find... Maybe we have to create a new construct to function within so that we can better serve this present age and save our black boys and our black daughters. It's 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 a tough challenge ahead for us. But we can do it. That's the good thing. I know we can do it. I I know that if we come together we can we can do it. It's very much possible plausible to do it. There is this this is not the end of the world. It, it's simply another stage of human evolution. It's simply another stage of human engagement, civic, and, and acting, and all that stuff. Yada yada, 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 so forth, so on. But uh, we got, we really have to do. We can't let celebrities be the ones influencing the identity for our young black boys. And I know a lot of people were thinking, yeah, well, they're already doing it with the, the sports and with the, uh, the music and all that. Yeah, that's true. But we also know a lot of those uh, are closeted in there and wrestling with their uh, identity. They're filling these roles because they're getting paid to do so. Uh, but that's a whole other thing. Listen, I appreciate you for tuning in with me today. I want to invite you to support us as we continue to do this show. We've been doing it for the nine, last nine years. We wanted to invite you to become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Nail. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us do what we do with this show, with the podcast, and with the YouTube that we uh, got to do more with. Uh also, if you have not done so, go get a copy of my latest book, A Breach of the Family or Pastor's Reflections from the Pastor's Study. Both of those will be a blessing to you. Uh, we're working on some other projects. We appreciate your support, all of that. And again, you can listen to the show. Go to uh, Zero Network on Facebook and listen to all the all kinds of shows. Share your thoughts, comments on that. Share this broadcast with your friends all over your social media. And we appreciate you for all that you're doing to help us in this day so have a great rest of the day the little dude is here with me and he's ready to go outside so we're going to let him go outside you guys have a great day
Howdy, 5,000. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.